today on CodePen Radio. Hey, welcome to another Code Pen Radio. This is 313, and I'm pretty sure we're going to just call it a one-worder, conflict. So we're going <laughs> to get a little uh, into the weeds. Conflict. That was the first disagreement <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> That's how we resolve Jeez. things here. Kidding. Just That's kidding. how we do. We, the step one to conflict is raise your voice. <laughs> Try to be the loudest person in the room. No, I were joking, of course, but this stuff is so hard to talk about because it's emotional and it's it it just is a ends up being a big deal and a big part of of life at work. So I don't know that we're unique. I don't know that we're amazing at this. I don't know that I'm an expert in all this. And in fact, if I know anything, it's that I'm not any of those things. But we have had to do this and we've had to do this for since day one of this thing maybe not day one because on day one everybody's happy day two though yeah day two is rough you know yeah okay so we're gonna and this is the co-founder so that's alex and i are the the two co-founders of CodePen. so we're gonna talk about this top down hey there thanks for uh thanks for having me on the show yeah this is like we've been running CodePen now for eight years um and so it it hasn't always been gangbusters. It's been good. It's been bad, and a lot of a lot of conflict. Um, that not in a, a deeply bad way. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes you get some of the best results out of conflict. Um, but we've learned a lot, and we've messed up a lot. So hopefully, we'll we'll help you out with some of these problems uh, with our mistakes. Yeah, or at least you can, you know, commiserate with us or listen to us chat about it. So even even as like, oh, here, we're the two co-founders of CodePen. Guess what, team? There used to be three. <laughs> <laughs> like we, and and it's only not. It's been a hot while since that's been the case, and it only only feels like able to laugh about it a little bit now. Like that was not a laughing matter there for a, for a, no. a long time. And you know why? Because conflict, right. of course, you know, there was differing opinions on what to do with CodePen, how to run CodePen, how to think about CodePen, just fundamental stuff. And, and we split because of that. And I wouldn't say it was, you know, it was a mixture. It wasn't terribly amazing. We'd all didn't hug and embrace and say farewell. It was a little worse than that. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Yeah. So th- there's that. That's pretty high level conflict. That's about as big as it gets in startup land. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the scary things about that specific conflict was that um, w- we know that most startups fail because of founder conflict. It's actually the number one reason founder or companies will fail is because they just can't get on the same page, can't get, uh, once you're off and running, you know, we, we're lucky enough that we're off and running really early on. Um, and we built something that people really loved and cared about. And that was great. That, that made us feel really good. But at times, you know, we, we disagreed enough that it was time for a split and it's scary because so many things can happen. There's so much knowledge after seven years of running the thing, which is when we ended up doing the split. But, um, you know, like Chris said, we can laugh about it now, but it, it was a lot of work and it took a lot of work uh, internally and syncing up and making sure everything was okay to get to this point where we are today, where we can do a podcast right. on it. Right. Part of the, you know, part of the, the aftermath of that was in a way less conflict because we, me and Alex agree on so much. 
you know, so we, we uh, you know, not everything because, you know, we're doing a podcast about conflict here, but, but at least fundamentally we were like, okay, this is what needs to get done. This is the dream. This is the swing we're going to take. This is how we're going to run things. This is, you know, because we have to be in lockstep because if we weren't, if the two left, were still fighting, <laughs> we're doomed. Yeah, it's well, over. At that point, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. I think that's yeah. a really critical um, part of conflict is a huge part of being able to resolve the the bumps in the road is getting to the if you have a shared set of values that are like funder fundamentally hold up what you're proposing um you can you can agree on those values and it really really helps to resolve the issues that seem larger than they are because you can st- take a step back be like okay we have these shared values this is how i intend to get to that value how how I intend to get to where we're trying to go, but we're both trying to get in the same, go in the same direction. And Chris and I really care about technology and the community and the kind of products we're building for our community. People who spend all their time and effort creating content on CodePen that is deeply valuable to us. And we care about that. And we tend to really love technology. And I think we, in sharing those values, have been able to figure out how to agree and how to get on the same page about things. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to, we had to agree at a deep fundamental level. Then I think you even got to agree, uh, even like more abstract levels than that too. Like, yeah, it's great that we both care, but if we cared in very different ways, even that would be a problem, but we don't. So there's that. So that's really big conflict. The reason we're headed into this podcast though, is that there's different levels of like lower scale conflict than, you know, parting with a co-founder. Although there's other big ones too. People have quit CodePen. People we've fired people at CodePen. That's conflict at a at a at a high level too. Like that's you know it's conflict that built up to that. Um, all those things were messy. So whatever. There's that. Here's something more day to day though. It was just I don't know a month ago, month and a half ago. We rolled into a meeting and it was about something new that we're building. And, you know, presented some options and we're attempting to get some opinions and stuff. And it just, frankly, it went like SHIT, you know, it just didn't go well. At the end of it, it was like there was people being like, WTF, what's, what was that? I, I wasn't a part of this. I don't like either of those options. How I feel it should be built is a hundred miles different from what you were presenting to me. There was all kinds of problems with that meeting and it was pretty serious conflict. You know, it wasn't as big as somebody you know, leaving, of course, not that it was just this medium level of conflict, like, okay, this is a problem. And I don't even, after the first meeting, we didn't even know what to do. Right. Yeah. I would characterize this as not, not just a medium level of conflict, but it's also probably the most frequent type of conflict that we would have at CodePen where you're sitting there going, I fundamentally have a difference of opinion about how this product should be built. And I really believe in my opinion. And there, everybody wants to be data-driven, but there are some decisions that are just opinions. And we don't have the ability to do both because we don't have the time and the resources to do both. So what do you do in those moments where you go, I want to go left. The other person says, I want to go right. And what you find out is you thought they were going to go a little bit to the center or right and turns out you had a meeting to figure out that both of you actually fundamentally disagree about a specific feature. And because we're really passionate about what we build, you end up finding out that that meeting 
got you to a place where you figure out that not only did you figure out you disagree, but you really disagree about a, about the position. That's a vote. good point. The really disagree is a thing. Like there's this, you know, this article that's quoted endlessly, at least in my circles, is the Cap Watkins sliding sliding scale of giving an F. Mm-hmm. And it, the idea is that you can care about something and then give it like a 10-point scale. So I can be like, I actually have this opinion, but it's kind of like a three. Right. And if you come in and disagree with me and you're a eight or nine or 10, you just win. Because like, I'm, it's like a level of self-awareness about the strength of my opinion. Ideally, it's not just a gut instinct. Ideally, it's a little data backed and stuff like that. But that's like less of a big deal. There's less chance for conflict because I knew coming into it that it's just not that high for me and that the real conflicts are when we're both we're both closer to an eight, nine and ten and roll into that meeting, you know, and I think that's what it was. I think to some degree it was, you know, hey, we're just talking about this. Why are we getting heated? But it really wasn't, you know. I think, you know, design and front end were rolling in like this is kind of where we're headed with this. And we were like too far ahead and it was very off from, you know, kind of where you were at. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess to expand on on the abstraction is, um, you know, we have a set of designers and front end focus folks at CodePen. We have some people that are more back end focus. And at this point, front-end had designed something where the back-enders, even though they don't build that part of the product, we thought like, okay, this is part, this is a fundamental product decision. Let's, it's not just a design decision that we're making here. Like we have a difference of opinion. Let's talk about that. And in talking about it, we figured out, hey, we're actually further apart than we thought. And so- I was on this dissenting side because, you know, the front end team had put together their designs and I was like, I fundamentally disagree. What about this and this and this? And I want, I want it to work like this. And we had to figure out a path forward because I I did feel bad. I felt way worse after that meeting about our direction and we had to address that. In my mind, we had to address it because it would prevent a lot of work that needed to be done like that. Once we made this decision about where to go with this part of the product, uh, it's going to unleash and unlock a bunch of other work that we're all going to be able to move forward on. Right. And that was kind of one of the key things. Like we couldn't, I didn't feel like we could just set it aside and be like, let's just do other things. It felt to me like if we don't do this thing, people we're going to be in a bit of a holding pattern and not going to be able to move forward on things that really matter. Um, and and are would be key to the success of this product. Isn't that clutch? I mean, that's why, you know, we, we have a couple of categories in our notes here about conflict is good and conflict is bad. We can talk about conflict is good in a minute, but it, it hopefully it's fairly obvious that, that conflict is generally regarded as like not good because there's some obvious things that are a problem with it. Like we can't move forward. Like Alex said, like if we're in locked disagreement, we're not doing anything. We're not doing our jobs. We're not building the thing that needs to be built because we're stuck. And, you know, it's even more nuanced than that because I can, like, feel emotionally bad about the conflict right. and just be like, I need to take the afternoon off. That's fine because mental health is important. But guess what's not happening when you're taking your afternoon off because of conflict? You know, like any work, you know. I'm not saying people shouldn't take time off. I'm saying conflict can cause more of that because it's just it's emotionally draining kind of thing. So there's some pretty obvious problems to conflict, including that some people just have different tolerance levels for it. I, I hate this about myself, but I just I just 
I'm bad at it. I'm getting better. I really am. I think I'm measurably better at it over time. Yeah, I was going to say, we, I, we've had to learn. I don't think either one of us has ever been really great at I used to call us alpha compromisers. And <laughs> it was this thing where we had to learn, and we're both still learning how to deal with the conflict. It's It's something that you end up learning along the way when you put yourself in this position of like, I want to start a company. Oh, wait a minute, we have enough success to have people around us. Next thing you know, there's conflict. And, you know, it comes from it comes from life. This isn't like a uniquely startup thing or anything like that. Like, I think of my own marriage. I mean, my I know, you know, I've been married long enough. I know my wife's family really well. They just like have at it once in a while. And it's like super normal for their family. Oh, my family gets in one fight and that's the last time they'll ever talk to each other for their lives. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, they just don't deal with conflict. They never fight until yeah. they do. And then it's just over. That's different. And I, I, I like to think I can transcend that and learn from that. It doesn't mean that I'm locked to that forever, but it does influence who you are a bit. Like, you know, the land I come from is a low conflict kind of place. And I'd say at this point in my life for the worse. Right. For the, you know, people baggaging, you know, holding crap in all the time. It's not good to never have conflict. And that's where conflict is good comes in. And I think you feel pretty strongly about this, that it's, it's not like we should be at each other's throat all the time, but conflict is meaningful. It has a lot of positive aspects, honestly. Yeah. I, in watching myself, I, I kind of had a, a situation where like my personal bringing, there was a lot of conflict. So I overcorrected by never trying to always avoid conflict. Um, luckily I'm trained in the experience of being around plenty of conflict. So getting back to a, a place of conflict was okay, but I want, I, I didn't want to overcorrect the other way either. And so one of the quotes I, I will always kind of mention is it's a Tim Ferriss quote. He says a person's success in life can be measured by the number of uncomfortable conversations he or she is willing to have. Um, and that is, I hate it. I know you love it, but it's just, yeah, it, it, it's a really <laughs> subtle quote because when you find yourself in these issues and you want to avoid them or you want to like dodge them, maybe if you're at a larger company, you'd be like, you know what? I'm never going to work with that person ever again. You can make that choice at CodePen. You can't, you literally cannot yeah. avoid us at CodePen. <laughs> like if you work with us, we are with you all the time. It's a small team. It, it's good and bad. And we have had to learn how to address that and get over those things in a positive way. And what I want to mention is, so the resolution to this conflict we had about the product was we could have gone three ways. We could have gone with, you know, solution A, solution B, which was my proposal. And then solution C, yeah. which was, Hey, we're going to compromise and we're going to put everybody's ideas in there. Um, and who doesn't love a product designed by a committee? You know, <laughs> it's like it, nobody, right? You want a nice focused product with a vision, with a, with a unified perspective. So at that point, we had a meeting and my perspective was, I don't, I still like my ideas. It, it's one of these things where I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to lose this thing, but I'm going to mention that I would still feel like I was right, right? You're not trying to be <laughs> spiteful or anything. You're just you're trying to be honest about how you feel. You're like, I didn't feel good about that. I still feel strongly about my opinion. But what I felt stronger about, the thing that like where I had to kind of come back to the base of my values was I want a unified product with a perspective with a 
a perspective that is polished and unique and doesn't have, you know, 10 cup holders. I, I kind of compared it to the Homer car, which was this old episode on the, on the Simpsons where Homer got to design a car with everything he'd ever wanted. Cup holders, radios, stereos, all these things. And it was a terrible car. Nobody liked it. It did too many things. We're trying to avoid creating the Homer car of websites. And so in that instance, I said, I'm going to stand down and I'm going to talk about the fundamental pieces that I care about, but I'm not going to try to design this system because we do have a design team and they are very good. And we do have front end coders and they are very good. And so we're going to let you do your job and we're going to express these fundamental opinions and try to get you to weave those into the product. But at the same time, if you have a vision, I would, I want to hear that vision. I want to understand the why, but I'm not going to tell you the how. And that was the resolution that we came to. It was like, I still believe in my opinion. I'm not saying I, I, I just threw it away and I don't care about it, but I want to be able to move forward. And I want a product that matters to the, the users. I want something that is coherent. Yeah. Which is a, it's funny, like some conflict can be just straight up resolved. Like if you watch a kid's show, it'll just be like a perfect resolution at the end of it. It'll be like, oh, you thought they stole your lunch, but really they didn't. It was a, it was a sneaky giraffe that stole the lunch. So problem perfectly solved. No harm, no foul. Whereas this just was not, it was a resolution. It means that we can move forward. It means that there's some good came from it, but it was not a perfectly clean resolution you know i had all kinds of misgivings about it even now but it's okay i think it's like the goal is to move forward and make a good product and that's what we're going to do that is interesting right conflict you were mentioning like it's either a or b or c which is a compromise and in this case we're like the compromise is the homer car so we're actually not going to do homer car we had to pick something else it was it's better to pick one of the stronger more focused opinions than it is to compromise. That's not always true. Sometimes a compromise can be right. good. Sometimes it can lead to the right place, but you just don't know unless you talk about it. This wasn't have one meeting, have a conflict, have another conflict, have another meeting and resolve it. In this case, you know, the one that we're alluding to here, not the only conflict we ever had, but the one that's top of mind right now about this product stuff, it probably took four or five Right. Meetings for real. Yeah. It, it took to a couple, to it actually took a couple meetings just to figure out how much we disagreed about the direction we were going, <laughs> which is interesting to find out over several meetings that you fundamentally disagree on a level that you didn't realize. And I think what made it an escalated level, an, an escalated conflict within our team was that the compromise felt worse than choosing the A or B solution. And that was really difficult, right? Because if you can compromise and you think, well, it kind of serves what I want in it, but it's a compromise. It kind of serves what they want. You can, you can rationalize that in your head and move forward and say, oh, this was really good. They got a little bit of what they wanted. I got what I wanted. I'm going to be okay. Let's, but what escalated it was it, I think we all knew you kind of had to pick a direction and if we had a compromise solution, it would be a worse product. And so that kind of yeah. elevated it overall. 
And there was some good, I mean, really a lot of good came from it because then we were able to, to find a playing field to talk about it that felt fair and it felt like everybody could have a voice that, that mattered for the things that they cared about that wasn't unfair. Because sometimes in this case, there was some, it was like talking about design with design with some people that disagreed, but didn't have the same tool of design. Yeah. So, and I think, I think you might even mention it was like a little bit like bringing a knife to a gunfight kind of thing yeah. where you're like. <laughs> I disagree, but you have the design, so I can't do the design, so what do I do? Well, then back off the designs and bring it back to that. But it would be the same way if you showed up and said, I think CodePen should work like this. Here's my database schema. And I said, I don't think it should work like that. And then you told me, well, where's your schema then, boy? I'll be like, I didn't bring a schema. I don't know how to do a schema, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, and that that's, <laughs> that's what's interesting about that is you have to operate in a, in a way that where you're at that point, you're kind of sharing your perspective on why you are so frustrated by the conversation. Um, and I, you know, I've, anyone who's gone to a therapist would know that there are these things that are called I statements, right? Where instead of saying, you are doing this, you say, I feel like this when you're bringing this information to me. And I, I, ironically find that more effective at work than I do in a personal relationship. I find it that it's more effective to not put people on, on, on their back foot where they become defensive. When you say you feel like this versus saying like, I don't feel prepared to convince you because I'm don't have a beautiful Figma design. (laughs) Like I have at best, I can bring you pencil and paper that I take a picture of and then upload a screenshot to to the to Slack. And so you try to be in trying to be honest, I think it helps people understand that you're frustrated by this. And then you can kind of hone in on what specifically is frustrating you. Because at that time, I one of the frustrations in a conflict is if it gets emotional, it's hard to focus on what is actually bothering you. And that really tends to escalate it. So you can, for me, I'm, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a little emo, so I'll get emotional during these conversations. I'm like, this is something I care about. And I have to slow things down. I have to write things down. And sometimes I will read from a Mm -hmm. script. Like I'm like a hostage Right. Because because I don't want to digress from my perspective in when you slow things down, you can kind of start to break it down. And one of the things I think about is if I no matter what, if I err on the side of honesty, it will scale towards the point where I can communicate effectively with everyone over time. And I don't have to remember what I said. It's kind of these things where you go, well, this is how I feel about it. Honestly, I'm going to leave room for being wrong, which is hard to do. And I'm going to try not to pull this trump card of like, well, I'm the co-founder. So that's why you should believe me, which is one of these things you, oh, you yeah, just don't tricky. want to do. That's not a level playing field either. No, not at all. The, the, yeah. You got to get to, you got to get to that level place in order to have everybody feel good about it. Right. The power dynamic there is, is, is tricky. Only one of us can fire each other, you know. <laughs> I don't even think we can do that. I, I think we, yeah. <laughs> we have to talk to the board, which is really interesting. <laughs> this episode of Code Pen Radio is brought to you in part by Netlify. 
They're always doing cool things over there. One thing to know about, just to have on your radar at least, is uh, this thing that they're calling DPR, or Distributed Persistent Rendering, that's particularly relevant for really large Jamstack sites. If you're trying to bring all the benefit of the Jamstack approach to a site that's, say, 100,000 pages or something like that, the build time on something like that can be awfully big, and it can bring a lot of complexity to a Jamstack site that's rooted in simplicity. So the idea... Um, you know, I hope I have this right, but we, you know, we'll link up some resources so you can read more about this, is that in this model, th- you'd mark some pages as kind of critical pages that no matter what it is, a deploy preview or a staging build, a production build, are like, build these every time. You know, the, the pre-render Jamstack model, and then the rest of the, you know, heaps and piles of the site are built on demand. Say you hit that URL, then it's going to build it and cache it on the CDN, but not until then, which means you can still like deploy, deploy, deploy. The deploys are still fast. The builds are still fast because it's not building 100,000 pages. It's building some small fraction of that. But any one of them is capable of, of building and caching the rest of those pages should you hit them you know, which I think is a really neat way to do this. Keep the builds fast, keep the benefits of Jamstack and the global CDN, uh, but only build what you need at the time. Thanks for the support. Netlify, very cool. I, I would be interesting to learn, Chris, about your perspective on how you approach conflicts when we started versus now. Because there has been a lot of growth for us. Like, how do you see these things? Like, do you think it affects you as much as it did before? Or how do you approach it now when you see a disagreement? Well, we just, I don't know. I I would think in the early days, we just didn't have it at all. I mean, just so, so rarely. Right. Which was so silly because it, it was, it just meant that, I don't know. I think I think a, that's a bad product. If if nobody really is willing to ever say, "No, oh, I don't think we should do that," it means you probably don't have a vision. Or if you did, it's you're holding it so weakly that it doesn't even count as a vision. Yeah. So by the time we're at this level where we're like, we could lose this company because there's been all kinds of conversations like that over the years. We've had to do disaster planning at points where. Right. Where it looked like, okay, we can go this much farther, and if it still trends like this, then we're going to have to make these very drastic steps in order to – because you can't wait until you have $0 in the bank account and then just turn off all your servers and go home. That's, like, not an acceptable out strategy for a company. It's very rare to see that, you know. You have to plan ahead. You have to see it coming. You have to try to you, – you have all these chances to try to avert it. Those were hard conversations. Right. Those were probably our first real conflict – parties yeah where we actually had (laughs) to get together we'd fly to each other face to face have a little disaster planning party i mean how much does that suck you know but those there's can be conflict at those because it'd be like i disagree with how we even do those but at least we are like leveling up our conflict training to some degree then it comes down to like okay we're in a lockstep that we're gonna turn this company around but that means we almost have more conflict than less because it means that under no circumstances can we, I don't know, like pussyfoot this or whatever the the word is for it. Like we have to make hard, bold choices and 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 keep everybody going. It's been more. I'd say right now at CodePen, or at least in the last like I don't know, 
year, two years, we've had to really be like, we're actually going to step up our level of conflict to just to make sure that we're moving in the right direction. Because if we're not, you know, we've joked on this podcast before about doing like Twitter driven development, for example. Somebody's <laughs> like, oh, I think you should do this. And then we'll just be like, okay. And then we did it and buried ourselves in technical debt and didn't achieve any kind of cool vision. Now, if somebody, we would be like, uh, here's an example. Somebody opens a ticket and says, oh, I think we should move this thing over here. We will pounce on that echo pen now. And even I will, which I probably wouldn't have done back in the day, right. be like, no, 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 no. You have no data. There's no research. This is not something we've talked about as a team. Do not go opening a ticket asking for UI to be changed with no, like that's a, that's like a mistake. It's almost like a behavior correction that we'd have to issue, you know, and we're willing to do that now where we wouldn't back then. So that's a change. I'd say. Right. Yeah. And I, I would say one of the biggest things is, um, is getting to the point where we did have to deal with all the lack of discussion. I, I think one of the interesting things that I found in the early days was that we were working in parallel, but not with each other, which is very, it's surprising that you can do that, but you can literally work on the same product on this tiny team in parallel, but yet not be communicating um, and not be communicating honestly. So one of the things that we've also done to once you're dealing with the conflict and you go, okay, we under, we agree where we're going is to communicate often and frequently. Well, those are both the same word to communicate frequently about what you're doing and why you're doing it, because that actually heads off the bigger conflicts that you're avoiding that you would avoid in the future. So we had a recently had a discussion about like a little tiny feature. I think it was Wednesday on Slack and everybody chimed in. Um, something about emails being visible and security implications. Oh, yeah. Little, that was a weirdly big one. Yeah. That was more intense than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was just over Slack, but everybody on the team chimed in. Everyone had an opinion, said this, this, and this. What about this? Why would we do it here? And I, in the end, when we decided, it came back to, well, our values are like, let's keep it really simple. Let's worry about security first. And let's let let's see if users will request this feature before we actually add it, right? So, yeah, kind of our our shared values of like let's go with simplicity and easier to manage, and so we can keep going forward. That kind of made the decision for us. But that communication that was it was a really long thread actually helped avoid much bigger conflict. Whereas I think before we one of us would have just implemented the feature, whoever was interested in it. Six months later, we'd be like, why is this here? Why didn't we talk about this? And whereas now it's kind of a habit of the team to talk about things as much as possible and, and make decisions collectively. Because when you're on a seven-person team, everybody has a lot of influence over what happens and everyone has a different perspective that... Well, they do now anyway. Right. <laughs> Yeah, they do now. When you're not talking about it, the who's ever taking on a project, it's kind of your version of that project, but it doesn't necessarily account for what like Team CodePen thinks. Um, and so that's yeah. been huge for resolving conflict or just straight up avoiding it in a positive way, yeah. not avoiding it like we're not going to talk about it, which is what we used to do. I think there was a kind of a sense that if you just if you just send somebody solo on this thing that they they're going to just like do great and that if you just talk to if there's just endless meetings and everybody's got their say and stuff that it 
that is slow or just worse somehow <laughs> or like then nobody has ownership yeah. over it which we liked at the time but, i mean the extreme irony is just like it was that was a hundred percent wrong yeah it, it's <laughs> it's, it's an no, overcorrection no to the corporate world where like actually the meetings are all you end up doing and, and you get like yeah. two hours Maybe of coding or something like that um whereas now we've realized okay like everything else, there's a balance. And the reality is if you can avoid, if you can have a two hour conversation that kind of sucks, but it's hard, but it's very honest and earnest and everyone expresses their opinion, you will save weeks of coding the wrong thing of development, QA, all these things, writing up documentation for features that maybe shouldn't have been created. You save weeks and weeks and weeks. Whereas that two hour conversation felt difficult it took a big chunk of your day you're a little bit tired after it but at the same time you're there's a bunch of work that doesn't need to be do because be done or undone because you've actually discussed this thing you know one of my like personal seminal experiences was i worked at a company before this called wufu that's where i met mr chris um and those founders were all really hyper intelligent and had no issues avoiding conflict and it was uncomfortable, but at the same time, you could see a feature or an idea go from the in the morning. That, I mean, we there were times where they had a three-hour discussion about one tiny thing, but you could see the growth of that idea grow over time. And in watching that, you could see the end result actually ended up being better. Whereas, at, like at hour mark one, it was you thought there was no hope for this idea. You're like, this is a terrible conflict. This is horrible. You guys need to stop arguing about this. Let's just move on. That's your how you feel about it. But by hour three, you're like, wow, we actually got out of it with a much better solution. And it was very eye-opening to see that. And I think it would be, if it doesn't come natural or you try to avoid that stuff because it's uncomfortable, you don't see the upside of that thing. And I think it's important if you can figure out how to do it kindly, tactfully, you unlock so much value for yourself, for everyone else to feel good about the thing that they're building. Um, that if you, it, it's hard to find the balance, but if you can, it's really, really ends up being really positive. And that's something that I saw at Wufu that, that worked out, worked out for those guys pretty well. Yeah. So that's a, yeah, that's a kind of conflict where sometimes it's not just a compromise, but but it's an evolution of the idea, right. which is, I guess, distinct from compromise. It isn't like, let's just smash these two ideas together. Right. It's like, right. let's see the strength. That has to do with, let's end this with this idea of that to not have conflict or to resolve a conflict. It's, it's kind of unfair when some person says, I disagree, but I'm not going to tell you why. Or I'm disagree, <laughs> but I can't even, I don't, I'm not, I can't really articulate anything. It's like almost at that point, it's almost like, Maybe just shut up for a minute until you can, because you don't want to like, or, or be really clear that like something about this rubs me the wrong way, but I can't, I can't put my finger on it right now, but I'm going to think about it and get back to you. Like maybe that's fair, but just like crapping an idea without any, uh, nothing to, you can't articulate why, and you have no better idea. That's really not fair. So that's almost kind of your problem. So like, that's like, be careful with that. Like you don't get to win the fight without, without some bringing more to the party. And a, a big one is uh, honesty. And I'll let you talk about that. Like, uh, like, I think, you know, you're going to have a conflict. Don't get the lying out of the party, you know? 
Right. Yeah, that that that's a big part of it. It's hard because sometimes if you were to be blatantly honest, it would be offensive, right? And as at least in our positions when you're a founder, you're leading a team in a certain direction and you don't I've learned through sadly through far too many errors where you can have higher levels of honesty. So if, for example, you're in a group code review, there's a level of honesty that you cannot have if you're in a versus in one-on-one code review. I've learned this through just bad experiences where you need to be careful about how you're being, how you're communicating an idea, because to you, you're only looking at the solution, right? You, you We can get really siloed and narrow, but Yes, you were honest. Yes, you did not avoid the conflict of d- this disagreement, but you still failed because of how you communicated the idea. It doesn't mean you get to skip being honest with putting things into very fancy. A lot of times in in this industry, we're all really hyper smart people. I'm complimenting myself here. We we work with really intelligent people on the web. They're really, there's some really brilliant people. I think CodePen shows that off how intelligent the community is, but we can also wrap things in dishonesty through fancy language. And I think that hurts us. And so I try my best when we're having these conversations to be honest about that and about what you actually think and leave room, leave room for being wrong because in that fanciness, in that intelligence is sometimes a lot of ego is involved saying, I think I know exactly what I'm doing. I've gone into meetings where I remember there was a a naming things meeting, which is one of my favorite meetings. We were going to name something. I'm just going to give it away. Playgrounds. And I was like, there's no way we're not naming this feature playgrounds. (laughs) I was convinced almost 10 minutes into the meeting, someone said something. And I was like, Playgrounds is a dumb idea. I can't believe I ever thought that was a good word for what we we're going to name this product. And I was 100% convinced, and I was going to communicate this up front to everyone. There's no way we're coming out of this thing without this word that I absolutely love. Oh, you liked Playgrounds or you hated I liked I liked Playgrounds at the time. I was in love with uh, Playgrounds. Liked, I just thought it was the best idea. <laughs> you know? Um I wanted to be honest with people, but I, you can be convinced of the argument and the argument was, was made in a way where that person was being extremely honest about what they were thinking about the product and how bad that word playground was and the implications therein. And so it really helps to try to figure out ways to be honest and not kind of sugarcoat things in a way where you can't digest what the person's actually saying. And I think there's an art to that. There's a evolution to the way you do that. I think culturally as a company, you can have certain ways of speaking. I know at, you know, certain, if you're in a large company, there's a certain people you have to like, just defer respect to. And if they disagree with you, that's just, you have to go with the, you know, highest level exec in the room. Um, At CodePen, we don't have to do any of that stuff because, we're so small and tiny. We're completely flat. 
that it's important that we get everyone's best, most earnest view, because that's that's our strength in the end of the day is we can move faster and actually create a coherent product because we don't have to go with all the fluff. We don't have to say, well, I'm the co-founder. It's like, yeah, you're the co-founder of seven people <laughs> of a seven person company. Like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to, you know, f- uh, fill your ego with that. Um, and so that's, it's been a real journey in figuring out how to get better at dealing with this. And I, we're nowhere near done. I think there's still a lot of growing up to do. <laughs> I don't even put it on like a form I'm filling out. They're like, what's your title? What do you put? <laughs> I put programmer because I'm really proud of being a programmer yeah. still. <laughs> That's what I do, but I don't put programmer. I put web designer because I'm like, uh, someday I'm going to be so good at this that I'm going <laughs> to actually be a web designer. I like look up to web designers. They're so good. Yeah, that's that's yeah. funny. Web designer and programmer. That's how we fill out our forms. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Definitely not conflict resolver. Although maybe <laughs> no, someday. we're not quite there yet. Maybe maybe in in ten years of of dealing with this stuff, we'll we'll feel a lot better about it. <sighs> yeah, it's a it's a it's it's certainly a strength. I've come around to the idea that 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 it's it's you know there's so much value in it that just you know bring it out. You know, it's not, not like we have to just be on fisticuffs all the time, but if, if conflict is necessary, we it's let's do it because the the value is there. Well, thanks. Thanks, man. That was, that was, you know, certainly not the last (laughs) conflict we're ever going to have, but (laughs) Oh, getting better, getting better. Yeah. You know what, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger in this, in this case. Yeah. (laughs) But what almost kill you kills you is scary. And we've had those moments and it's been really nice to come out the other side um, and not have to have those those conversations. And a big part of it was because we were willing to have the really difficult conversations way before we ever saw the end coming in. So I think we were we were lucky enough to avoid those the 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 big disaster decisions that that other companies have had to deal with. So it's been yeah. all around pretty good. We only turn on more servers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See you later. Bye, y'all.